be exciting. Amen. So good to, to, to see you all. You know, um, uh, I want to read the scripture today as we start a new series this season out of John chapter 19. In fact, would you stand with me? I'm going to pray over the scripture as we read it this morning. <clears throat> Thank you. John chapter 19, um, it says that Jesus knew that his mission was finished. And to fulfill, uh, to fulfill the scripture, he said, I am thirsty. And a jar of wine, wine vinegar was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put it in the, with a high sub branch, and held it up against it to his lips. When Jesus has tested this, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave his spirit, gave up his spirit. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the word of God. Thank you that you said that the heaven and earth will pass, but your word will remain. Today we ask, Lord, that you will give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us, O oh God. We thank you that your word will re not return to you void, but let it accomplish in each one of our lives the purpose for which you sent it, God. We thank you, Father. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for healing of the body, healing of the mind, healing of the spirit. Lord, let the word accomplish what you sent it. You said that you accompanied your word with signs and wonders. And so, God, we pray in faith in this house today that even as your word goes forth, O oh God, that you will accompany it with signs, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you are a healer, God, that you're present in this moment, O oh God. And so we welcome your spirit. Help us to have anticipation in faith to receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Before you see this, shake a few hands, give high fives, and just say something nice to someone this morning. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, so we read Jesus. This is, these were the last words of Jesus when he's crucified on the cross. I know we are coming on on Easter season. And a lot of people um, uh, that, uh, there are a lot of people that will go to church this month that have not been to church since last year. And they'll go out to check the box and say, hey, you know, I'm a good Christian. You know, I was born a Christian and I was baptized at one point, you know. But, uh, you know, it's Easter, by the way. I got to go to church because it's not about the bunny, right? Even though it is about the bunny. But, <clears throat> but I, I do believe, you know, that, that, that God is about to do something on the earth. And if we would work with him and we will believe for what he wants, uh, what, what, what he's trying to do, you know, God will use us um, uh, to change the cause of, uh, of families, to call, change the cause of people, to c change the direction uh, and even the destiny of people that we know. You know, when, when Jesus came and when he said he's finished, you, he was carrying in a lot. I love how we started in verse 28 that it says he, Jesus realized that he, he, he knew that his mission was finished. Uh, it, it wasn't just one thing that he came for. He had a mission 
And, and when he got to this point, he had done everything he was about to do. And at this point, I just love that he said it is finished. You know, so much had been lost for humanity um, uh, that we don't even understand. We, we, I, I crave for the day that it will come that we could get just even a glimpse of an understanding of how God designed life to be. You know, life before sin, life before the fall, life before punishment um, and suffering and sickness, life before all that. Life when communion with God was just natural, like we're talking audible. We, have, we haven't even tasted um, the, the little bit. I guess, let me take that. That's a lie. We, we, when we come to Christ, we get a glimpse or a taste, a little bit of a taste of what it's like um, to, to, to have fellowship with God. Now, we, we don't ultimately have gotten to the end of what it's going to be like, but we get a taste. How many believe, remember the day, if you're born again, the day you were saved, the day the revelation came about who Jesus was, and you opened your heart to him, and all of a sudden something new, something just uh, touched you, and you're like, wow, how did I not know this? I was 16 years old, and... Uh, Went to church for the first time in a long time. And this church was like probably about five to six miles away from my house. I had no idea that it ever, ever existed. And it was just some random ways. And I ended up finding myself at church as a teenage boy. And, 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 and I'm, I'm watching everything, you know. And people are singing. And, um, and the songs seem like... It was a prayer at the same time, and it's a song, and they were lively, and I was used to traditional, very, very um, uh, um, religious settings. So to me, I'm thinking, is it like this every Sunday? And I leaned over to a friend of mine, and I said, yeah, it is. And, 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 and the people were just so genuine. You could tell that they are genuine with their love for Christ. And that day, I opened my heart to Jesus. I opened my life to Jesus. And I remember just even walking through and, and having this excitement in my life and in my heart about the gift of salvation. And I'd heard and I'd read and I knew a lot. But I'm thinking, wow, why didn't I do this when I was two? I missed out. All my life I missed out on this beautiful thing where you could actually have relationship with God. How I many remember that inside? Or maybe you're at that time in your life right now where just new things in the lost kingdom. How, how come I never saw this? And that was me. And it was such a joy. And I'm like, my prayer is like, God, let me not lose that joy. Help me to have that awe. Help me to have that wonder in you and so that I can grow and grow and grow in you. And, and, and so... But we taste of this uh, right now. We taste of, uh, of the goodness of the Lord when we open our lives to Jesus. When we, when, we, when we are born again, when we are saved. When Jesus went on the cross, he went and conquered. He went and, 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 and got business, took, took care of business on our behalf. He caused nothing, no stone unturned. Everything that concerns our life, anything that concerns humanity, with his blood, with his death, his sacrifice, he absolutely took care of everything. Our sin, our, our lives, everything that is negative about humanity, he took care of that business. He brought the spots. And when he said it is finished, he declared, um, um, that we have now access. We have restoration. We have an opportunity to live 
like we were meant to live. We have an opportunity to ultimately in the future be able to live eternally with God. And that's awesome for that. He adopted us into God's family. Victory over the power of Satan in our lives. Healing of our mind, body, and spirit. He com- a complete gift of righteousness. An abundant provision for everyday life, every need. Peace of mind, a guarantee of the resurrection. That He says that when, when we die, he says, whoever is in Christ in John 14 says, though he dies, he shall live again. I mean, that's a hopeful thing. That's an exciting thing to live with. To have that hope for eternity. He guaranteed resurrection. And at the end, he also promised a destiny for us to reign with him when he comes again. That's a gospel in about a minute. But sometimes we lose out on what God's doing because we are not thinking about these things that Christ has already done for us. I remember one time buying a, a new car. I mean, he bought a new car and has all sorts of features. It wasn't a brand new car. I've never bought a brand new car, actually. I was by a uh, new to me. <laughs> but every car comes with an owner's manual, right? How many sit down when they get it and they go back home and look at every feature? I know a guy that does. And you find like you have a car that has all these awesome, wonderful things. Really cool things that can make your life more comfortable and enjoyable. But you don't ever find out about it until you're about to sell the car. Because all you did, you used about three instruments. You turn on the key, you use the lights, the wipers, the brake, and the gas. And when the salesman calls you and tells you about all, man, this is so cool, you know. And how many know that you could have a nice car that has all sorts of features that would be awesome and enjoyable and still miss out? The problem is not the car, and it doesn't have all these capabilities to make it more comfortable for you, but you've got to use it. Sometimes you've got to discover what your car can do. And, so, and, God made, and the person that knows exactly what the car can do is the person who made it, right? And God made every one of us. He made us. He created us in his image. And there's so much potential in each one of us. He created us for dominion. He created us to thrive, not just to survive. He created us to conquer and not be defeated. He created us to reign with him. He created us for him. He created us in his image. In the image of God, he says in Genesis, he created man, both male and female, created us in the image of God. And we can go through our whole life with all this access and miss out on the enjoyment and the little things. Well, they don't, that, 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 that God says, hey, your marriage doesn't have to be that way. Your finances don't have to be like that. Your kids don't have to be like that. There is something better I have for you. You know, you could do better than you're doing right now because I've put in you all these things that Satan wants Stole away, stole away from us. He says in John chapter 10 that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He came and stole away so that we, we miss out on that stuff. And when Jesus said it is finished, he says, hey guys, I got the keys. Amen. Here, it is finished. I got the keys. You can now go back. See, he told his disciples, I have the keys to the kingdom and I'm giving you the keys. Mic drop. I'm giving you the keys. You could go back and say, hey, Satan, you messed up with my family for too long. 
I've seen generational curses over years, but now I've got the keys. I'm a child of God, and this is where it stops. You shall have it no more, because I'm redesigning a new family tree, and it's starting right here. You have messed with my finances for too long. Sometimes I've actually been your, uh, I've been your helper because <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes Satan can mess with you and sometimes you can mess with you. Yes. But by the power and the grace of God, I can start over. Yes. And how much, when he says it is finished, there's so much that is packed into the simple thing that we go over so quickly, Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection. Paul says, I purport to know nothing but Christ and him being crucified. Why is there so much? It's like the gospel is enough because it literally covers every part of our lives. And you can see this through the apostles in the early church. All of them are trying to sell us something, if you would. They're trying to use an analogies to explain this mystery of God that says we are a part of. And they use different analogies to try and help us connect. Says, Guys, this is so much bigger than you ever thought before. This is so much bigger than life. And they will go over and over again. And I want to just pick on three different ones that just understand this process of salvation. Because my, my prayer and my desire that when we are done with this session, that we can live what Jesus says, abandoned life. I said earlier that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. The second part of that verse is, but I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly and have it more in full. That we can... Finish this and look at Salvation Hardcore and see what God, what, what is it that you, you, you said it's done for me? I want to live and enjoy every single bit of what you have in store for my life. Yes. I'm going to take a couple areas. One, the first one you see is, um, you see the story in John chapter 3, and I'm not going to read it, I'm just going to talk about it. Is that the first component that the apostles use is what, this concept of regeneration, it says. And, and simply stated is really that the Lord gives us new life. You hear a verse that says that whoever is in Christ is a new creation, that all things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. One of the stories, uh, in a conversation in John chapter 3, there's a guy called Nicodemus who comes to Jesus, and he, Nicodemus was part of the ruling elite in the Jewish uh, leaders. But Nicodemus was a good guy. I mean, when you, when you want to say a good man and, and a guy that had checked all the boxes of society's success, this guy was that. He was successful, he was educated, he was in the ruling class, but he was humble, Love people, generous, everything. You know, you can be successful, you can do all this and be, you can be mean, whatever. Guy, he fit the bill of all the good things. Man, he is a perfect man. But something in him was curious about Jesus. Even though... The rulers of the law were up against Jesus all the time, trying to get him. Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says he comes to Jesus at night. In the evening, I guess he doesn't want to be called out or be seen by his friends that he's consulting this guy. And he says, he says you know, he call, addresses him, he calls him teacher. You know, I know, we know. He says, we know that you are a teacher sent from God. Because 
No one would be able to do the things that you're doing unless they are called by God. And before he would even ask the first question, Jesus turns the conversation. He doesn't even allow him to ask what it is that he was asking. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, unless a man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom of heaven. And Nicodemus put him on a spin here, thinking, I'm, I'm not following you. So you mean a grown man must go back to his mother's womb and be reborn? So Jesus, this is a completely new concept, and that's not what he was asking for, but Jesus knew what he needed. How many know sometimes we go to God asking for something and God already knows what we need? He didn't even ask him a question. Jesus says to him, well, unless a man is born of the spirit of the water, he shall not see the kingdom. And he goes on into this being born again scenario. And we use that term today from that uh, illustration there in in John John chapter 3. And essentially... Jesus is telling Nicodemus, you might have done a lot and you might feel like you are a righteous man and you're, doing, you're living a good life, but you haven't even started. You haven't even started. You don't even know the first thing that is to know about life. You've been trying very hard and you've done well, but let me introduce you to the first step. And the first step is, you must be born again. You must have a new beginning. You must have a new life. One of the things that he did when he said he was finished is that he gave us a shot at a new beginning. He gave us an opportunity to start over. Nothing nicer than that in life. Have you ever been given a second chance? Uh, I say 89th chance. <laughs> and you're like, I know I don't deserve it. I've been horrible. I, I, I can't even do anything to try and make up for what I've done. But by grace and grace alone, you're given a second chance. Maybe at work, maybe in your marriage, maybe with your kids or your parents or whatever the case may be. It is such an awe such a striking, um, uh, a humbling experience when you've give, been given a second chance. You see, all of us are born into sin. The cards of the deck has been set up against us to start with, which come up into a world that is full of horrible things full of pain, full of sorrow, full of mean people, full of disappointment. Sometimes we don't even show up in the right place. So we think. But yet God says that every child that enters into the world, I've given them a chance. I always make the statement that there are no accidental children. There might be some accidental parents, but there are no accidental children. Because every child is born and has the image of God. They are an image bearer of God. And God has something in their, li- in their lives. And it begins with them being born again. If you've never been born again and you're like, what is that? 
you have an opportunity today to be born again. It's actually not very complicated because Jesus already did the work. So it's, not, it's so simple, sometimes you think that was it? Yeah, exactly. Because he took care of business so that you and I don't have to. He died the death that you and I were meant to die so we could live forever with him. And so the process really takes faith and saying, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for, 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 for taking the sacrifice. Thank you for taking the beating on my behalf. I just trust you with my life. I give you my heart. I surrender to your will. I want to follow you now. It's so simple, but yet does so much for us. He gives us a new life. He gives us a new opportunity. We start again. It starts with our sin. We are reborn in the spirit. But God starts correcting. If we start for, continue to follow him and learning about him and allowing him to penetrate every area of our lives, being not just the savior of our lives, but being the Lord of our lives. Uh, so the savior, he does, he's done the work, but the, the lordship requires my submission. Says, I'm submitting to your will. I'm in between two roads. Here's the will of God, and here's what I want to do. But I'm thinking, God, my, my will seems a little easier, more convenient at this time. But I trust that you're a good God. I trust that you're a good father, that you have good plans for me. Nothing you put in my hand is to take fun or life against for me. You're protecting me because you can see the end before the beginning. And so I'm choosing to walk in your ways even when sometimes it's not convenient for me. And trusting that you're a good God. And so that builds our faith and our trust in him. And as we do that, more and more we start to grow and grow and grow and grow. And so new, we have new life opportunities in everything. How many people that have uh, messed up with their finances completely, even filed for bankruptcy and have a do-over? He can, have in, 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 he can insert new life into your finances. He can impart new life into your health. Maybe you didn't take care of yourself and say, okay, I'm giving you a chance. You walk new life. Amen. Another concept that's used is the concept of redemption. And redemption has to do with paying one's debt. <clears throat> Um, uh, in um, Matthew 20, it says, Just as the Son of Man, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, this is Jesus talking, but, he, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. It says in Romans chapter 3 that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Such a powerful statement, a powerful uh, statement. Um, and so short, because there's not even disputing anywhere that we are all sinners. Even when people that don't like to use the word sin will tell you that no one's perfect. You don't have to twist someone's arm to admit that statement that no one's perfect. Uh, wait, 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 I mean, let me hold up. Any perfect people faster in the house before we go too far? I don't see anyone. <laughs> We're all guilty as charged, right? And we know that without even being told something inside of us, because we're born into sin, we know. So early in life, we know how to sin. I mean, I raised nine children, still raising nine children. And it's amazing to me how even before they are two, they know how to push the buttons. I know. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do exactly what you don't want me to do. 
And the more you try to say no, the more they're going to be more determined. Because it's in our DNA. And it says that the penalty for, for a life of sin is death. When, when sin entered the world, men and women were meant to live forever. We were not meant designed to die. And I was having a conversation with a friend this week about that. Uh, because I, I, <clears throat> we're talking about some, someone we know, a pastor we know out in the northwest. Their son-in-law, 34-year-old, completely healthy, never dealt with anything. Was on a vacation in California with wife and two little kids and had a um, heart attack or some, something like that, an aneurysm, and died within a day. I'm like, wow. You know, if someone's sick and dealing with something, you kind of expect, you're not as surprised. But then it also talks about the mystery of life and also how we all have a beginning and an end here. But death is, we never meet death with excitement. And we shouldn't really. And the reason is because we were never designed to die. God created us to live. Satan brings death. Sin brought death into the world. And that's why Jesus, when he went to the cross, he goes, I want to take care of this business once and for all. And when those who trusted me, he pulled a card that, that was beyond Satan's understanding. And he says, though you die, you shall live again. That's why we have a contention with that. And the concept is, we cannot help ourselves we cannot be good enough. No matter how hard we try, we can never attain the sinless life on our own strength, on our own abilities, on our self-discipline, self-righteousness. We can never. And so what he did is that there's sin, there's death. Well, try, 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 try. I'll do better next time. Next time comes, you flop. And sometimes, when you actually accomplish it all, thinking, man, I have lived a good life. Look what I've done. Just sin, pride. <laughs> and it's a vicious cycle that we can never overcome. And there's this price tag that we keep racking up, and we don't have enough money in the account to take care of the bill. Jesus goes on the cross, and he says, it is finished. I took care of business. I have paid enough. I've loaded that bank account so much they can never sin enough that there is no remedy for forgiveness for them. And when that understanding comes, you realize how big and awesome the grace of God is. And so that grace motivates us to serve God and to be excited at his wonderful generosity for us because he did not have to come, he did not have to die, he did not have to redeem us, but thank God he did. Yes, yes. And the last concept I'm going to go with you today before we take communion is the concept of deliverance. It's the concept of deliverance. And here it has to do with rescue and liberation from Satan's uh, hold on our lives. Uh, Colossians 1, 13 through 14 says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom 
through his blood and forgave us of our sins. I love it, I love it, I love it. And, and here, my first illustration of the car with the manual and all the goodies that come with it that we don't always use because we don't read the manual. When we are born again, when we are saved, when we've been delivered by him, he's given us the power. He snatched us out of the power of the enemy and we no longer have to be slaves of sin. We no longer have to be slaves of the devil. Uh, but <clears throat> and here's where sometimes Satan will hold on to people that have already been saved and redeemed, but yet they are not utilizing the goodies that God has, and they continue to live a life that is unbecoming, or a life that is so much beneath what God wanted for us. Now, we will not have the full picture of life on earth. It's never, we're never going to enjoy the fullness of what life is in this broken world. If you ever read the book of Revelation, you'll see that one of the things that God corrects is there will be a new earth. It's, I'm always interested in everything that's going on in the natural, because you can connect things in the dot, and if you know the word, some things will make sense. Now let's talk about global warming. It's a political thing. No, it's not. And I'm not even advocate or not or whatever. But you take any concept where it's saying, oh, the world will, will, will destroy this world ourselves. There are enough weapons in the world to destroy the world. Now, whether we do it by our own hands or someone else does it, the scripture already predicted that this world as we know it will end. At one point, there will be a stop and you'll think, what just happened? In a micro level, we've all experienced this in our lives. Where things are just going, well, 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 things are okay. Bang! A phone call that changes everything. I'm like, if I could just take one step backwards, but can take a step backwards. If I hit the brake just a second before, Life changes, can change just like, but what just happened? Where were you on 9-11? You're like, is, am I watching? Is this really real? And our life has changed ever since. And I hate going through airport security. It's the most horrible thing these days, you know? Some kids have been born, and I have no idea that there was a day you could actually see someone off. At the plane, we'll see you next time. I'm fine, you know. Those days are gone. Some kids don't even know that that ever used to happen. But life can change on a, on a very micro level. We've already experienced miniatures of this. But the Bible says that the heaven and earth will pass away. In the Revelation, it talks about that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. In other words, I don't know how it will end, whether it's global warming or some atomic bomb or whatever it is, but one day it will end. But for believers, you don't have to be afraid of that. Because in the, the, the fullness of what God has for us cannot, is not even um, compatible to this broken world already. That's why we still suffer sometimes, because even in our personal level, we live in imperfect vessels. 
So you're redeemed, you're saved, you're, uh, and God wants you to enjoy abundance life, to restore things in your life, but we still have to deal with, with, the, with the environment that we live in. We live in an imperfect body. We live in an imperfect world. We li- the environment is still not right. And God's keeping us, kept us here to be a testimony to bring others to him. He wants as many people. He wants more heaven, more full than and hell empty. And he's keeping us alive as he's redeeming our lives. And people see in your life, people that know you, you know, they see the, the fruit of your life, your family, your friends. They says, man, whatever happened to you? You know, I, 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 I like that. Uh, you're not, I remember when you used to be so angry. Every time something wrong happens, you can't hold it together. But you seem to be handling things a lot different these days. What's the secret? Well, I was born again. <laughs> and God did something in my life, you know. So the person I used to be, who I once used to be, is not the person. I'm still not there yet, but I'm following him and I'm still being made into the image of his son. And there, there, there you go. Someone else says, oh, I need that in my life. So God is keeping us going so that our lives will be a testimony. And don't lose out on the goodies that he has for us because he will use our lives as a demonstration of his goodness. He will use your life as a demonstration of his healing power, of his grace, of his deliverance, of his provision. And you'll have a testimony after testimony after testimony. And you can't believe God. That's why we believe we pray for healing, for the super natural. It doesn't matter what the diagnosis is. Nothing is bigger than his name. The one who made us can remake us. He could give us a shot, a new life again. And God will use our testimony. If we would walk with him and just understand his big cosmic plan of redemption and realize your place in it and that you are not just saved to go to heaven. If you are saved to go to heaven, you die the day you got saved. You're safe to go to heaven, but in between, he's got an assignment, he's going to use your life, he's going to restore your life, he's going to restore your marriage, he's going to heal your disease, he's going to give you personal peace, you'll have joy, he says, unspeakable joy, your life will be turned around, what the enemy had intended to destroy you, he will turn around and use this to bless you, those that try to come against you, says no weapon fashion against you will be able to prosper. God will turn around even the negativity in your life, mold it and make it and make something beautiful out of it and bring it so he can be glorified and others can come to him. Amen. How many received something today? Amen. We're going to pray. I want to continue in this series of the gospel that it is finished. And I'm just praying that the Lord will start us up to live the full lives that is designed for each one of us. Would you stand?